For 15 years, I've been obsessed to find out what was going on inside of him. It's been my life work and my ultimate failure. This force, this thing that lived inside of him came from a source too violent, too deadly for you to imagine. It, it grew inside him, contaminating his soul. It was pure evil. What makes you think he'll come back here? This house is sacred to him. He has all his memories here. His rage! Mrs. Strode, I beg of you, don't let your family suffer the same fate that Laurie and her daughter suffered. Jamie, I... I, I thought that... She's been found outside Haddonfield. Stabbed! What should I do? I, I've written it all down for you, but you haven't a moment to lose. Mrs. Strode, Michael Myers has come back to Haddonfield to kill. Hello there. My name is Blake Collier. And this is Flyby Films. I took a meat cleaver to Jameson's head, but he jumped out of the way. And then I went after him again, and he kept escaping from my grasp. Until he ran away, and now he's on Zoom, watching me make this voice. He hasn't started laughing yet. It'll happen, though. And then I'll get him. I'll get him right then. Was that spooky, Jameson? Was it? Was that spooky it, enough for you? Yeah, that that's pretty spooky, Blake. Oh, okay. Well, good job. Creepy right. child, Blake. <laughs> well, I was going for like creepy child slash creepy old woman. Yeah, I would say you fluctuated between those two. You, you okay. did a good job. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, am, I have no voice control. So I can totally see it fluctuating. Yeah. We should take a poll uh, to the people who made it three minutes into the podcast. Um, whether Blake was an old woman or a child. And then if you guess right, I'll be right behind you with an axe. Because it's Halloween. Oh yeah. Happy Halloween. (laughs) Woo. (laughs) Happy Halloween, Blake. Uh, Happy Halloween, Jameson. Twelve days early. But how's uh, it feel to be it's not twelve days early. This is Halloween. Stop this, lying. Yes. Yeah. This is Halloween. The Jeez. The People day. these days. <laughs> we are frozen in time in the future on Halloween. Right I mean, now. if I could be frozen on Halloween, I would be more than happy. Then it'd be spooky all year. Yeah. Blake, 
what uh what is your spooky name this season uh well i remember a time when i used to have spooky names this was the um what i call the decade in which i had twitter and around this time i would have had a new scary name but i don't have social media anymore so Except for the Flyby Films podcast Twitter, which I save from all of my hottest takes. Uh, and so, yeah, I haven't really, I don't really, haven't really thought much about a spooky name. Hmm. So, you don't have one picked out just in case? You don't have, like, a, a backup spooky name? No. Now, what I about mean, what about snake call you? Well, that'd be funny. That that uh, I I'm trying to remember some of the old ones I used to use. Um, maybe they'll come to me during the podcast. I'll just shout them out randomly. Yeah, do that. I I imagine if I can think of one good one, then that'll be my spooky name for the rest of my life. I was going with uh, Dr. Barspooky, but I realized my middle name is Blair, so I'm just going by Jameson Blair Witch now. So, mm. uh, so real, real quick opinion. What was your take on Blair Witch Project? The, the original or? I don't know. They're all the same to me. Yeah. Um, I didn't, so I didn't watch the original for a while. I wasn't like allowed to when it came out. I was a little too young and my parents were, you know, kind of like, I mean, my dad a couple years later would show me the exorcist when I was like 11 or 12. So I don't really know, you know, what the big difference was, but yeah, I wasn't part of that the cultural phenomenon of yeah i remember the cultural phenomenon but i didn't go see it then i probably saw it like a decade later i think i would have liked it better had i had had i seen it in the theaters yeah gotten wrapped up in the in the cultural impact of it yeah absolutely absolutely i think i think horror movies benefit from that um i've i think i think that's what happened to me with paranormal activity mm-hmm. same because same. because i've watched it since and it just it doesn't quite do it anymore i haven't gone back to it because i was freaked out by it oh i was terrified and, by it and i don't want to realize that that was stupid I, you know, because in my mind, it's actually, like, still kind of a good movie, but yeah. I don't want to have that experience where, like... I would still say it's a decent movie. It just yeah. didn't quite have the, uh, you know, the gusto that it once had. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say I it's think... bad. Yeah. But I'll never be able to recreate seeing it with no. a giant crowd of people who yeah. are all kind of getting freaked out by it at the same time i saw it at a at a midnight showing 
Mm. And then I came home and didn't sleep till about 5 a.m. Nice. Because I was terrified. Yeah. That's that's what we live for, though, Blake. Oh, that's man, that, that's, that's the high. And I haven't experienced that for a very long time with it's, a horror movie. It is quite literally the only movie that has ever done that to me. Mm. I don't get scared very easily. I'll get... I'll get creeped out, but usually it goes away pretty quickly. Yeah. I was very afraid of demons when I was a yeah. kid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I remember, like, I read, like, Frank Peretti books and stuff like that. Uh, and I was, you know, I had all of these ideas of demons in my mind. So, like, The Exorcist did it for me when I was a kid. Um, and And also... Weirdly enough, like just the kind of the creep factor of Donnie Darko threw me off uh-huh. a lot because um, I didn't really know what was going on in that um, and I couldn't wrap my mind around it. But like, yeah, uh, I, I, I think once I kind of came out of that fear of demons stage, things haven't really hit the same. But then Paranormal Activity did. You yeah. know, I had I had a couple days where I was like, "Oof, that you know, that's that's creepy." But yeah, since then, there've been maybe a couple movies that have gotten my heart rate up, but but it's very rare, very yeah. rare. Yeah, same here, same here. So I got some kitties. Yes, Blake. Congratulations, you have rejoined the world of the cat dads. Yep. Yep. My wife hates it when I when I say this, but my wife killed my last cat. <laughs> and by killed, I mean she made me give it away. Well, she didn't really make me give it away. I was okay with it. She cried more than I did whenever it left. So. Mm. But. Yeah, we have two ragdoll cats. We had to drive, well, my wife had to drive to Indianapolis to get them. But they wow. are, uh, they're good cats. So, we'll take do it. You, do you have names for these cats yet? Uh, yeah, so we've thought through a, a, a few. Uh, we're, we're, my wife came up with Uh-Oh and Flannery. Okay. And... And then uh, I came up with, I don't know, we were, my wife mentioned some kind of literature tinge. So I was like, well, what's a duo name, set of names? And I was like, oh, well, we could go with the Transcendentalists and maybe do Thoreau and Emerson. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not a huge fan of either one of them, but, you know. Yeah. It was, it's, it's a thing. So. Um, and do they feel half- like. Do they feel like Thoreau's and Emerson's? No, no. Mm. I think they're very much in the here and now, like in the immediate. Yeah. Like, but I jokingly thought that we should name them Dip and Shit. <laughs> but. Did did your wife go for that? No. No. No, no I, I've always been one of those people that was, was, I used to like people who would name their cat, Pat. That's the kind of person I am. So, cat? Yeah, just cat. Hey, just cat. cat. Very literal. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, the cats don't care. Like, I named my cat Nobody, and it tore my mom up, and she hated it. She oh, really? refused to call her Nobody. Um, but, like, so some people really hate that name. But you know what? My cat doesn't care. It's just exactly. sounds. I mean, I do believe that cats know their names. At least oh, they get yeah. used to those sounds. But um, Well, the cats have names. We just refuse to use them. What names did they come with? Sawyer, which is fine. We don't have as big of a problem with Sawyer. But Harmony. Harmony? Who, na- who names a cat Harmony? Mm. I mean, that's some bullshit (laughs) yeah i'm definitely not in that that's kind of like princess cat territory yeah uh that's that's not the that's not the game i play yeah i'm yeah i'm i'm thinking through all the possible names my my wife was the one who mentioned literature so i'm i'm like racking my brain for some some primo lit names, but well, I like Flannery. I, I yeah, mean, oh yeah, yeah. Flannery is a great name. Um, what about? I'm not completely uh, sold on uh oh. I think it's kind of funny because it's my yeah. son's first words, but but yeah. So yeah, we're we're still working it out. Currently, there are just uh, he and him, and her or she and her. Mm. That's pretty much how we call them okay so one of them is a boy and one of them is a girl okay yep and they know each other intimately if you know what i mean Ooh, are they fixed or are you ready to they're fixed yep yep so not not that intimately anymore no no but they once saw your once new harmony quite well hmm Um, and he likes them young so well he's got he's got three years on her oh wow and that's cat years so that's a huge age gap Mm -hmm. that's like some leonardo dicaprio shit (laughs) (laughs) oh man and we've just lost a whole set of listeners because how dare we make fun of the leo I pre wait wait no I feel like that's low hanging fruit like I feel like we're gonna lose listeners because that's such an obvious joke everyone's mm. making that joke so I don't I don't think anyone's gonna be offended that we say Leonardo DiCaprio is a shitbag who treats women horribly right that's that's not gonna no. get us in trouble no okay. unless he hears this and then sues us for slander. Well, but he'll have to it. sue all of Twitter then. Well, but also, like, what, what is he going to get from us? I mean, we're not we're not rich. He could have our <laughs> podcast if he wants <laughs> Leonardo he wants DiCaprio. It. Here is a challenge. If you want our podcast, come and claim it. Yeah. It's going to be a hefty penny. Yeah. You could just take it if you want it. I mean, we want something in return. Yeah. 
Like just, just a, a thank just, you. Yeah, talk know. to us like one of your French girls or something like that. Yeah, or discard us like one of your twenty-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. Use and abuse. <laughs> All right, Blake. <laughs> we we're in spooky season, so uh-huh. I did I did think up a spooky topic I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. Um, and it's actually fortunate because. I rarely have dreams, but last night I had a nightmare. What? Yeah, and I remember it. And so I was like, oh, I got to talk about this on the podcast. Okay, go for Um, it. Hit me. Describe it with, with, with ample amount of description. Okay, so it's a nightmare. It's not going to be super spooky when I describe it, but I think it firmly fits into the body horror genre okay because it it hits me at a terror where your body is kind of betraying you and becoming something that uh that you don't want it to be so uh just some context for the listeners who might be out there who don't know me who have never seen me before i have plenty of tattoos right um, so one of my, one of my arms is fully sleeved out and it's taken some time to kind of work to that. Uh, if you're uh, if you're a listener and you listen to the third episode in the series, you would know, as I described Jameson as he froze on my computer screen, I, I described his, his sleeve artwork. Mm, yes. If yes, you should all recall that. Yes. From, from the third episode yeah. in the series. So uh, so the dream was I was at a bar and I was, I was hanging out and I see a guy who has just some really cool tattoos, really cool artwork. And they actually like they were they were Japanese traditional, which is something I like. Um, one of my my uh, right sleeve is all japanese traditional mm-hmm. um there's seven samurai on it kind of in reference nice. to a movie um and so you know i pick it out and i go oh that looks really cool i'm gonna talk to this guy so i go and talk to this guy and he's showing me all his artwork on his arms and and he you know he's really excited about it and then i say yeah and you know, I start talking about mine and then I go to show him my arm and all of the color is gone from my tattoos and it's, they all look terrible and they're gross and it's just like being sapped away somehow. And it's not like anything I remember and it just looks gross and dumb and I'm starting to freak out. Like, I don't know where all of this went. Like, I don't know how it disappeared. And, you know, and I look dumb in front of this guy. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I could tell he's like, yeah, okay, that looks, that looks fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, he does like this polite style. Um, anyway, so it's not it's not like frightening. There's no jump scares or anything like that. And I'm not afraid for my life, 
but it, it, it had this sense of like betrayal of my body, um, yeah. which, which I feel like, like body horror really, really gets at this fear of that. So it's a keystone um, of it. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was my, my nightmare that I had last night that I remembered and, nice. and it doesn't really resolve. It just kind of like left me hanging there. And I don't know. So have you had any other nightmares in your life? I have. I don't really remember my dreams that well. And I'm not good at journaling, so I don't have a dream journal. There are a couple that I wish I had. Um, I know I've been scared by dreams before, and I kind of wish that I'd I'd written them down, you know, Mm -hmm. when they come about. But, um, But yeah. I don't have any to talk about. But what about you? Uh, <clears throat> so I used to have a recurring nightmare. Ooh. Yeah, from about, uh, I want to say probably, I don't know, maybe 8, 9, 10, somewhere around there, till about, I don't know, early 30s. Uh, I had I would get this one nightmare pretty Eh, fairly regularly, maybe two or three times a year. That's um, quite a range of time. Yeah, it's it it stuck around a while. Like it would shift, kind of. But I mean, the basic the basic narrative of the dream was always the same. Um, and it was basically me inside of a building, multiple floors, a lot of doors, none that would open and an elevator that would go between floors. And so basically I was just going around hallways and I would go down to another hallway and I couldn't ever go inside of any of the rooms. But I could always tell that someone was chasing me and it was a got someone with a knife. And I seem to recall a few times I got a look at the face and it reminded me of someone that looked like Willem Dafoe. Mm. And uh, yeah, I used Famous to get that. one of the most uh, attractive Terrifying. and warm faces in Hollywood, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny because now I kind of look at him and I'm like, it's it's actually kind of a comforting face. Mm. But uh, but back in the day, not so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I used to get that one quite a bit. Um, I don't know why never resolved in any kind of way like i would just go between floors and run around hallways while someone was vaguely chasing me um i did have a couple of cases of sleep paralysis Ooh. uh i this was actually in tulsa when i first moved here and i didn't have a job yet uh i took i'm not a big nap person but around that time, I was taking more naps than normal, probably because I didn't have a job, and I was basically just sitting around all day, and that's way more tiring than. <laughs> yeah, it's surprising so, how exhausting yeah. that is. And so, um, I remember I took a couple of naps. This happened within a couple of week time period, like the two times it happened were within a couple of weeks, and. Uh, the first time I just literally had sleep paralysis where I couldn't move. Like I was awake. I was aware of the room, but I couldn't move. Uh, it was like 
middle of the afternoon. And then the second time it happened, same thing, kind of, it might have been middle of the morning, something like that, or it might have been early afternoon, I don't really remember. But it was sunny outside because the light, the, sh- the sun was shining through the window. And uh, I remember n- waking up, being aware, not being able to move. And I do recall a faceless, dark shape, like, fall down in front of my face. Mm. It's the only time it's happened. That but nothing sucks. will get your heart rate up like that. Yeah. <laughs> Get your heart rate up, and also the ability to not be able to move. Just yeah. Ugh. I I've experienced sleep paralysis exactly once, and I didn't see any shadowy figures. I was in Turkey under a lot of stress at the time, yeah. and that was it. Was clearly like that was the catalyst for it. Um, but yeah, I um, uh, stress around that time, so I totally understand. It was probably driven by that now the dark shape thing the the second time around that was a little weird but yeah eh, it is what it is yeah it's not like i you know spend the rest of my days you know not being able to go to sleep because of it (laughs) yeah yeah um so i i have a follow-up question to your nightmare so you you basically like explained like you started getting it when you were 10 and then you stopped when you were like in your thirties or early thirties, Yeah, early thirties. So do you like, do you ever think like, I wonder if it'll come back? Oh, all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, and even, even when I got, as I got older, the, the period between, the times I had it like grew wider. Mm. So like it, like I would, I had it more often when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and it got less and less as the, as I got older. Um, like to the point where I don't even, I'm not sure I could pinpoint exactly when it stopped or when the last time I had, had it was, it's been a while, but I still have a vivid memory of that dream because it happened so often. So Wow. I'd always wake up in a in a bit of a cold sweat each time. But yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Very surreal the way you yeah. described it. Um yeah. Very creepy. Maybe I've always felt trapped. Well and it wasn't until I got married that I became untrapped. Hmm. Does that make sense? I wonder how that works. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's a very nice compliment to your wife. Yeah, right. To I Melissa. think so too. I mean, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the safest way out of this conversation, right? Yeah, exactly. So slowly backing away now. <laughs> yes. Um, so you sent me a you sent me an interesting article uh, yesterday. Was it or was it day yes. before yesterday? Yeah. Wait, before we get to the article, uh, I feel like fears as kids actually ties into something I needed to read. Uh, So a couple weeks ago, 
um, we posted a question about what scared you as a kid. I think this was attached to the very first uh, Bloody Mary episode we did. So we're still in our Bloody Mary series. Um, And listener Nate P80 responded and talked about what scared him as a kid. So this is from Nate P80. Um, I had a babysitter that told me that some creature was outside my window. I don't remember the exact creature other than I was terrified to ever look out my window for quite some time. So. And then the second part of that, that was he went to see the movie Signs when he was a little bit older. And it reinvigorated that fear again. Wait, is that? I'm just kidding. Oh, I was like, I was like, did I miss? I was adding that. I mean, possibly, possibly. Because because that shit scared the crap out of me when I saw it. When he looks out the window and sees the alien on the roof. Oh, yeah. 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 Nope. Not this guy. I was like, nope, I'm out. I so this actually does kind of bring up did did anyone ever like lie to you as a kid and tell you something really creepy that stuck with you? I think well we we went through how my dad told me about Luther Laserlips, so I think yeah. that counts for me. No, definitely. Yeah. I'm trying to think. My parents were generally speaking for the most part truth tellers. And Halloween wasn't a huge thing in our family. Mm. So I think that's why everyone finds it funny that I'm such a horror fanatic um, and such a fan of Halloween. Um, yeah, but I don't I don't have a strong memory of my parents telling me a story or something. Like, my parents would read, like, old school ghost stories to me occasionally, but nothing that really stuck. Um, yeah. I had a pretty mundane childhood for the most part. Okay. Have you unfortunately have you then in turn started lying to children about scary things? Not yet, but um I may or may not plan on teaching my child about Krampus. Mmm. That's fun. Not in the, like, you know, the moralistic way where it's like, you better be a good boy, otherwise Krampus is coming, gonna come and snatch you up. Not that kind of thing. More just like, no, there are creatures out there, and one of them happens to be named Krampus. And he is old Saint Nick's shadow. And he is a bad, bad beast. I love that. I love that because it's like, it's not like, Hey, you have control over Krampus with how you act. Yeah. Instead, it's like they're bad creatures that do bad things, and uh-huh. you can't control them. Sorry, yeah. kid. <laughs> oh, uh, I've 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 told numerous people. I'm going to be that dad that is like full bore. If my kid comes to me and says there's a monster in his closet, <laughs> motherfucker, I am going to check that damn closet. Yeah. Nice. I'll get my shotgun now, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna say 
yes, there probably is, and we're going to find it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. show me exactly where you found it. Where did it come out? Yeah. Under your bed? Okay. Stand back. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, yeah, I sent you an article uh, yesterday or a couple days ago um, that kind of ties into the movie that we're going to be talking about, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but... Um, but yeah, so this article was kind of a, a, a creepy take on the, the gospel of, of Jesus. Um, so the idea was, I guess, in 2013, they found these ancient Egyptian texts that explained that some people thought Jesus was a shapeshifter. Mm. So... And shapeshifters are very uh, creepy creatures. Yeah, they are. Things like changelings and anamorphs and stuff like that. Um, Then you got the the Native American spirits like the Skinwalker and the Wendigo. Yeah. 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 So so there wasn't a ton to the article. I think think most... uh, most like New Testament scholars generally don't buy this theory, but mm-hmm. uh, the one kind of takeaway or the one like big uh, sign of evidence was that this is an explanation for Judas's betrayal. So if uh, if you're familiar with Judas's betrayal, it's kind of this weird story where, Judas kind of agrees to lead the uh, the high priests to Jesus and betray him. But mm-hmm. all he does is he, like, kisses Jesus to show who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of confusing because the whole time you you read the story up to that point... Jesus is out and about in the crowd and just showing himself and talking constantly. So it's not like it's not like anyone needed to know who Jesus was. Um, And so it it seems kind of strange that that like it would be framed as a betrayal that someone would go and point Jesus out like that. It it doesn't seem like Judas is doing any work in that exchange. Right. Yeah, that's a simple uh, 30, 30 pieces of silver or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but then the idea is that like, okay, Jesus had had secrets and kind of revealed them to the disciples, I guess, and so the disciples knew how to identify him, but he could change his form and and you know sneak about, which. He was able to sneak out of crowds, so yeah. you know I wouldn't say that there there aren't instances where um, other pieces of the gospel that also kind of point towards this. But well, if you're one of the lucky few who uh, who believes in the gospels, then I mean he already is technically a shapeshifter. I mean he's divine becoming man. 
Seems like some shape shifting to me. Yeah, yeah. I guess <laughs> I guess the you know the the whole idea of the Trinity, right, is yeah. is very shape shifty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so maybe we should just drop the shape and just say it's shifty. Shifty. <laughs> shifty old Jesus. <laughs> shifty old Christ. We uh we we make jokes because uh because Halloween is is the time where the the religious uh dress up and mock the damned the demons mm. the evil spirits that go spook in the night. Yes, is that why we still do it, Jameson? Or is it pretty yeah. much just consumed by capitalism now? I mean, I'm dressing. I'm going to dress up like Mario this year, so I don't really feel like I'm going to be doing any mocking of evil spirits. Well, depends on depends on who you talk to. That's true. I mean, That's true. A lot I'm of people. A, I'm dressing up as a trash can. My son is going to be a trash panda. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> I love it. Um, please, please share pictures. Yeah, so oh, I'm going to be... Oh, I will. I'm going to be Mario, and Kira is going to dress up uh, the the lemon bump as... Oh, by the way, for any of you um, listeners who might not know me, we're calling our kid as a working title Lemon because we're not explaining the names we actually don't know uh whether it's a boy or a girl so we uh, we have two two names picked out just in case for either one but um as a working title we're calling it lemon so she's gonna dress lemon up as a chain chomp um nice. so from the super mario world and i'm gonna be mario and and she's gonna be i guess chain chomps uh body or something like that that's hilarious yeah i love it yeah yeah i uh like jameson and kira are being super secretive because he hasn't even told me the names we haven't told they're anyone. keeping them secret they're yeah. keeping that's real some real shifty shit going on over there yeah but uh it'd be fun we should make that our our podcast guess or i mean uh our podcast question is what uh does anyone have any guesses on what the baby names are oh there you go yeah so listeners write to us we'll see if you get it right okay i can make that the question yeah and Nate P80 will be the only one who says anything. There are other listeners. We could, they could guess. They could guess, but would they get anything for being close? I'm sure we could figure something out. Yeah, we'll give them a shout out if they're close. And if they're not close at all, we will shame them on air. Yes, I think that's great. It's like a it's like a punishment uh, for getting it wrong, but blessings for getting it close to right. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's like old school. I like it. Yeah. All right. So we are almost 40 minutes, 40 minutes in, and we haven't even talked about the movie that we're going to talk about. So, okay. I'll, I'll, do you mind if I set it up? Yes, please. Because I, this is the one you, you, you foisted upon me. I sprung this upon you and I said, oh, I think this will fit with our theme and I'll, I'm sure I can. it does. Okay. 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 Good. I'm glad you at least, you at least felt that way about it because I watched it and I was like, okay, I feel like it, it, it goes with our theme. So the movie we watched, um, just to remind everyone, our theme is Bloody Mary. So we are, we are, we looked into the Bloody Mary myth and we watched a bunch of the Candyman movies and we watched Urban Legend Bloody Mary. And the most recent movie or the last movie in kind of our series that we watched is something called We're All Going to the World's Fair. And um, this movie came out this year so it's the most recent movie that we've watched on this podcast yep um and it kind of is is an evolution of a bloody mary type of of story where um it's about an internet game or internet uh kind of like a creepy pasta if you will or some sort of some sort of story that's that's gone viral about something called the World's Fair, and people are are taking the World's Fair challenge, mm-hmm. and um, and how that works is um, you sit in front of your computer and you say, "I want to go to the World's Fair three times," so you have that. Um, so instead of a mirror, you do you you watch your computer, and then I have a theory about that. But okay, keep going. Yeah, no, I I want to get into these. Then there's a blood sacrifice actually of sorts mm-hmm. that you have to you have to do. Which the and, way she does it is super painful. Oh my god! Yes, that was that's one of the most uncomfortable scenes in yeah. the movie. Um, and then you watch a video. So you learn, you, I feel like the opening scene is actually really effective in how it kind of teaches you these rules, uh, because it, it starts with this, you know, very awkward teenage girl who is trying to kind of have some sort of internet presence and, Mm. You know, and it's like a, you know, a really cringy TikTok video where she goes through these, this challenge. And so you kind of experience the rules of it and then also kind of get to know this character a little bit at the same time. So I actually, it, after I watched that opening scene the first time, I was immediately drawn in. And we can talk Mm -hmm. about like how the movie goes, you know, here or there. But one thing we didn't do is, should I read the Wikipedia? Yes. Oh, okay. I think it's yes. really, sh- I think it's really short. So we already basically talked about the movie, but uh, we're all going to the World's Fair. Is a 2021 American coming of age horror drama film, directed, written, and edited 
by Jane Schoenbrunn. The film stars Anna Cobb. That was primo, by the way. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. The film stars Anna Cobb in her debut role and Michael J. Rogers, David Lowry, who's uh, Blake's favorite director, served as an executive producer. I didn't even notice that. Well, I didn't notice it until last night, and I was like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> I, I actually don't, I don't mind him compared to some. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, I The just, Old Man and the Gun is a great film. I just remember you were not a fan of a ghost story, right? No. I think, I think no. you and I, that's like one of the movies where we differ on. Yeah. I'm actually really taken with that movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think it's I think it's a piece of trash. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't. We could But everything actually, else he's done, yeah. I have no problem with it. So Yeah. He most recently did a Gre- the Green Knight, which, which I, still I haven't think seen. I think is fantastic. I think you'll yeah. like it. I yeah. I I think that's a much better movie than a ghost story. But there is something about a ghost story that that still like kind of resonates with me. But mm-hmm. that's not the movie we're talking about, anyway. Yeah. Okay, so we've set up the movie. We've talked mm-hmm. about it. Blake, what did Are you, you think terrified? Of the movie? What did you think of the? You movie? look like you're terrified. I'm not terrified. I, so he has. We have not talked about what I've thought about this movie. I yeah, know he I, likes it. But 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 I, I get this I get this sense that he's got like just like trembling lips and fear that I'm gonna like like go off on him. We haven't talked about this fear yet, but this is perfect. I am <laughs> actually no, I hate that feeling when you put your heart on your sleeve for your friends about a movie and then you show it to them and then you're like- just you're constantly like, are you, do you, what, what do you think? What do you think in your mind? But you can't do that. You can't like pester them. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's, it, it is terrifying. I, I, I don't feel quite terrified in this, but there is a sense where, where we, we didn't talk about it. I told you, I like this movie and I made you watch it yeah. and I haven't talked it. about it. You even bought it. Why well, I, I uh, buy all the movies yeah. that we, we do on this podcast. I mean, yeah. I had to. I bought Urban Legend Bloody Mary, which I'll never <laughs> watch again. And the two Candyman movies, which I'll never watch again. <laughs> yeah, they're trophies. <laughs> well, take that back. If I get really drunk one night, I might watch one of one or two of them again. But <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, to to ease your anxieties, I liked it. I'm not going to say I loved it, but I liked it. I, I liked what it was going for probably more than the execution. Uh, now that being said, I think I think there's some pretty pretty effective scenes in the movie, and I think what I think. The hard part for me is trying to <clears throat> trying to delineate what works and what doesn't for me. 
because it's a very odd little film. Um, because it's kind of broken up between, you know, this this awkward teenager and then this recluse older man who gets in contact with her because says that she's in danger for doing the World's Fair challenge, but you never actually get the feeling that she is in danger except for maybe like this vague existential threat of like her taking her own life or the life of her dad which is a little harrowing admittedly Mm -hmm. um and then you have these like weird flashes of videos that they both watch in between these these segments and i think perhaps the little videos are more terrifying than anything that actually happens in the story (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I actually feel like I agree with that. I almost wish... I wish the movie would have gone... Like, it it maintains pretty firmly on the realism side of the magical realism spectrum. Mm -hmm. I feel like, especially, like, as you get towards the end, you kind of, like okay, this is this is where it's going to land. And I almost wish it had, you know, scooted the line yeah. a, a lot more. Um, and, it, least... and you get the sense that the, 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 the coming of age and drama parts of the description were more important to the filmmaker mm-hmm. than the horror was. Uh, the horror was trust setting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And and I I do feel like we should mention this, and I think this is this is in my mind kind of where the um, the the shape shifting element of the movie mm-hmm. um, kind of comes in, and and why I thought that article about Jesus might be kind of interesting is the director is trans, and okay. this this movie they they've gone on record as saying. Um, you know, they wanted, uh, she wanted to make a movie that was uh, authentic to her experience kind of as, as an awkward trans kid. Um, and I don't okay. know if the main character is, is trans in the movie. I don't know if you're supposed yeah. to like know that or, or get that feeling, but I didn't get that feeling, but yeah. Now there were certain characters in the videos that I thought, might have been or at least been some representation of it yeah but yeah but i think yeah i think the the shape-shifting element of Mm -hmm. of this whole thing kind of plays into that but yeah ultimately like i think i think the horror comes from the drama you know of these characters and kind of the the internal turmoil that these characters are are feeling Mm -hmm. rather than actual you know manifestations of of horror but i uh this is a bit of a cheap uh criticism but i'm gonna go ahead and use it anyways um i don't like it when movies introduce potential theories and then brush them aside Mm. so like the strange loop theory i believe is what they call it yeah. Like she mentions it to the older guy and he just starts talking about something else. And I'm like, 
this this reeks to me of you didn't actually think it through and so you didn't want to put it out there because you thought you would just get a bunch of people who said it was stupid which i get it it's super easy to create a theory that's stupid several people do it <laughs> but give me something yeah <laughs> otherwise yeah. don't put it in there it, yeah. it, it does feel a little hollow and you know and you see this this like strange loop theory kind of floating around mm-hmm. and, and it piques your interest you know and it 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 does feel like that was maybe a missed opportunity for world building um in this yeah. in this game that they didn't <clears> really you know that they they give lip service to but doesn't have mm-hmm. a whole lot of like meat to it so yeah, yeah. um but to go to my theory about her speaking, uh, I'm going to the World's Fair three times into the computer. Um, you can make a case that, uh, you know, most of the time people speak that into a mirror, which is mm-hmm. reflecting yourself. Um, but I would say that actually speaking those kinds of things into a computer screen is more terrifying because you're speaking it into the void. Yeah, it's not. It is both reflection of you and not reflection of you, uh, and so it can it can speak back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're all kind of familiar with the algorithm too, and how yeah. that you know supposedly kind of eats your soul in a way and regurgitates mm-hmm. something back to you. So it's it. I mean, it is almost like a mirror. But it's a different yeah. type of mirror. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of me wonders, and they need to do a little bit more work on this, but I something just came to my head with the strange loop theory idea is it's they very prominently show the circle that is the loading of the video. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's tied into the strange loop theory is that it's actually the streaming aspect of constant content or streaming that is basically the thing that it's what it's what um, uh, propagates mm. the the anxiety or the 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 evil or whatever you want to call it. That's interesting. Um, there is so. When I hear Strange Loop, there is one person that kind of comes to mind. Um, are you familiar with Douglas Hofstadter? Name sounds strangely familiar, so maybe I've run across him. He is a computer scientist slash cognitive theorist um, who wrote a famous book called uh, Gertel Escher Bach. Um, Maybe that's where I've heard of the name, because that name sounds really familiar yeah. to me. Yeah, uh, Girl Escherbach and Eternal Golden Braid. Um, it's this tome that is like about uh, Kurt Girdle, uh Escher, the artist, and, and Johann Sebastian Bach. And it, it talks about... Um, about how they use kind of recursion in their work mm-hmm. and um, and it talks about it's basically like a 
a, a narrative about how you get computers, uh, how you get computers from recursion and recursive ideas. Um, it's really a fascinating book. It's good. It's a hard read, um, but it's it's really good. He also, he wrote a book kind of, so that was in like the late 70s, early 80s when he wrote that. He wrote another book in the 90s called I Am a Strange Loop. And I don't know anything about that, but mm-hmm. that's what I think of. And so maybe, you know, maybe that's kind of related to this this idea of a strange loop that the movie is talking about. I don't know. Kind of makes me uh, kind of makes me want to look look that up, see yeah. if I can make any connections between what it's about and the movie. Yeah, it's possible. I remember like thinking about that and then kind of brushing it off. But the more you're talking about computers and computer screens and computer screens kind of being the mirrors, um, mm-hmm. the the more I'm wondering if there is like if if that's that's kind of an intentional nod yeah. cool yeah. yeah no i i mean i thought it was i thought it was a, a perfectly good debut film yeah i mean i i thought that there was a lot there to kind of um work with and kind of move on from there yeah I'm, I'll, I'll be interested to see what this does she goes a she or as a him? She, she, yeah. She, so okay. Jane, Jane, sh, sh, Schoenbrunn? Schoenbrunn? Okay. I don't know. I think I'd pronounce it multiple different ways. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see her kind of work um the next things that she does so. when you you do kind of get a sense of the main character <clears throat> not drastically changing shape but um personality wise mm-hmm. changing shape especially the the image that comes to my mind most clearly is when she sings the song on one of the videos yeah it's so incredibly awkward like cringe awkward Yes. Uh, whenever she, whenever that happens, but it it does speak to I mean, especially if you kind of put it next to the first time we see her in the opening uh, of the movie, it's night and day. Like, yeah, I never would have expected to see that girl do that, and so um, there is some shape shifting going on there. Yeah, and. That's that is an interesting scene. Um, I think that's one of the the good mm-hmm. like great scenes in the movie um, because she sings the song and it's so weird and it goes on mm-hmm. for an unreasonable amount of time. <laughs> and you're just you're like you're at 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 some point you're hoping that the scene just cuts away to get you know, to relieve you of this awkwardness that you're feeling mm-hmm. for this girl. And then right before like it ends, she just lets out this blood curdling scream and stops yeah. what she's doing and just screams. And then 
stops screaming and picks up back where she was, you know, doing her dancing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's really strange um, and very effective. It's almost like, it's almost like, you know, she is doing the shape shifting and kind of has this like out of body experience where she mm-hmm. sees that about her and, uh, and, and screams, you know, when it's, I mean, did you have a, did you have a like primarily scary scene? Like the one that sticks in your mind? Or uh, it that scene? I don't, I don't think that was the scene that, that, scared me the most i think i think the the opening scene to me is like the scariest because you're like again like there's these really long kind of drawn out moments where you're just staring at this person being really strange Mm -hmm. but there's like so you're watching her take this world's fair challenge and you're watching her from the vantage point of the computer screen. And so she's staring at the p- computer screen and the computer screen is reflecting off her. And yeah. it's this very almost psychedelic um, effect where it's just flashing all these lights. And, and because it's this psychedelic effect, like things around the room as you, as you focus in kind of start kind of, changing and and shifting just Mm -hmm. just from your perspective nothing is actually changing but i i thought that was that was probably the most unsettling um scene for me and once again it goes on like a beat or two too long yeah not in a bad way but just in a like it feels like this should have stopped already like but it's that's forcing you to like concentrate on it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, you like you want it to end because you want to be relieved of this thing, mm-hmm. that, like this uncomfortable feeling, but you're meant to feel that. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's that's what the filmmaker is trying to uh, trying yeah. to push you towards. So, yeah. Yeah, I I think that's a very effective opening scene. Uh but it's not the one that I think of when I think of scares. Um mm-hmm. I, the only, the only scene in the whole movie that I found to be absolutely creepy is the, her in the bed Mm. and he is fast forwarding through her recording her sleep and he gets all the way to like 4am or something like that. And she's got, she always sleeps with a lamp on because she does, she says numerous times in the movie, like she would was always afraid of the dark as a kid. So she'd always sleep with a lamp on. Um, but you see her and she's in bed and he, the guy that she talks to is forcing the, the streaming bar across to where it's, he says like four or 4.30 AM. And you see her face lit up in the light and her hand, like she's under the covers and you see her hand slowly slip down the side of the bed Mm-hmm. And then you see her like face drop down beneath the lamp, and she's got this smile on her face, and she stops, and she's just smiling. Mm-hmm. S- still, just smiling, just massive yeah. grin on her face underneath this light, and it's 
terrifying. <laughs> yes, yeah. And I, I feel like that's the moment where that's like the closest the movie gets to kind of a, a supernatural, mm-hmm. you know, beyond the pale horror like. Mm-hmm. And and you know, at that point I feel like you're still kind of wondering like is this is this going to turn more towards that? Yeah. And and I think that's kind of the tipping point where it starts to kind of pull back after that scene. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but but yeah, that that scene is also very effective. Yeah. Yeah, it's a I mean, I, there is there's enough going on in the in the story for me to to stay interested and to th- kind of stay within the 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 world of the story. Um I was not at all sad that I watched it. I, I thought yeah. it was a a pretty fascinating little, little yeah. flick. And it's it's, you know, it's quick too. So Yeah, it's super quick. It's like 82 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's like one of the one of the high points about it is that, you know, it's not a big commitment and it doesn't feel like even though there are scenes that that overstay their welcome in in their yeah. senses, it doesn't feel like the movie as a whole overstays its welcome. Yeah. Um, and it has a I actually think it has a really great soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack so is awesome. Yeah. The artist Alex G yeah. uh is is the the person who does it and it's just really like down tuned uh shoegazy shoegazy like third wave uh grunge fourth wave emo stuff kind of of reminded me of a female vocal version of uh, car seat headrest Mm, yeah at least the early stuff not so much the later stuff but yeah yeah yeah. it it reminded me it felt a lot like um there's this band i like called planning for burial or planning for your your burial or something like that yeah it's just like a sounds exactly like that sounds like winter has gone on too long pennsylvania um (laughs) and i and you know i think this movie kind of takes place in like kind of a you know western new york so essentially kind of the same thing yeah i did i did appreciate the the barren wasteland of of small town yeah scene setting small small town america just like gross piles of snow empty stores yeah (laughs) like empty best buys uh yeah all that all that yeah highways running through dead grass yeah yeah Yeah, they they definitely had it in a place yeah it was definitely a choice absolutely absolutely i i thought it did well with the place yeah yeah i thought it was a i think i think that was a hell of a halloween pick jameson oh thank you very nicely done would yeah. I have ever picked it for Halloween? Probably not. But I'm glad you did. Well, I'm 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 just glad it fit with the the Bloody Mary theme. And mm-hmm. I I do feel like it it brings in the internet into the Bloody Mary uh conversation. Yeah. And I think that's 
that's something that that wasn't apparent in some of the earlier movies we were watching because you know they didn't have creepy pastas at that point mm-hmm. there were no there were no spooky spaghettis um yeah yeah maybe it's uh speaking of <clears throat> internet and how it propagates and whatnot i feel like that that's a good uh good entry point for later conversation maybe we'll do some uh pontypool at some Ooh. point i also watched pontypool again this week so uh so you told me that and it made me want to watch it again so yeah. there's a high likelihood i'm gonna watch it this weekend pontypool is a movie that does not get its due i no. i i Which feel is- like perfect fodder for this show oh my god <laughs> we're gonna have we need like a whole like three shows for pontypool just oh gosh to, just to just to handle all the uh, all the stuff that we we could talk about it it's so good it's so good blake i that i watch it every year it's not even my favorite horror movie but i still think it's a perfect film like yeah. <laughs> i it's just it's just so masterfully done and I get sad just thinking about the fact that, that like it's not on any streaming service right now like no one can easily mm-hmm. watch it yeah. um, and and no one kind of remembers it and it's just gonna kind of be forgotten but you know that's real sad maybe we can petition for like a criterion release of it and people will start paying attention they I mean I would be down for that I could Sadly, I could see someone like uh, Arrow or Screen Factory doing it before Criterion did. Yeah. Which would be fine with me. I like them both. But, uh, man, they're, they keep teasing the idea that there's going to be a, a, a sequel. Well, they did, they did make a sequel. Dreamland. Quote, quote. Never saw yeah. it. I didn't watch it either. I, I will probably get around to it but yeah, yeah it, it has it has nothing to do with anything but but I, I at one point they were teasing that it was going to be a trilogy and that basically mm-hmm. each movie was going to add another word to the title of the book so the mm-hmm. second movie was going to be called pontypool changes okay and then the final movie was going to be pontypool changes everything everything yeah um which could be good also could be terrible (laughs) well yeah i find myself what i think about the book which i i didn't read i listened to the audiobook version of it's a weird ass book yeah i think good and terrible together are definitely feelings i have towards the book body pool (laughs) um yeah, if you're if you're new to the Pontypool universe, start with the movie. Yeah, Just, exactly. Please, the movie is is great, and and it's a perfect you know perfect. I I feel like it perfectly encapsulates the ideas that the book is trying to do in a much cleaner format. Now, mm-hmm. if you're into messy things, and you want to subject yourself to that, the book is yeah, go for it. You the know, book's not, wild. Yeah, I would still I, say it's one of the scariest books I've ever read. Yeah, but it's because it's so weird. Yeah, 
It's pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. He's wild in general. I've read a lot of his stuff. So what? Yeah. What's his name again? Um, uh, Tony Burgess. Tony Burgess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever read? Doesn't he have a book? Uh, I just remember reading like the synopsis of this and laughing. Is it? It's called the End Body Problem, and it's about yeah. So uh huh. How you? Yeah. They how, uh, they keep have this, they they have the zombie apocalypse and they have to like shoot them into space, but yeah, then it blocks out the sun and yeah, like, they like <laughs> form a planet right yeah. of bodies. Yeah, yeah, that just makes me laugh. Um, I mean, all this stuff. He he even his most recent novel. I think it's his most recent is a young adult novel called hmm. Idaho Winter, and hmm. it's hilarious. Okay, I I. I adore it. It's weird as hell, but it's like, it's the kind of young adult, like YA book. I want my kid to read whenever he gets old. enough. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't expect anything less than the weirdest. Yeah. Bullshit. And whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's wild. He, uh, matter of fact, so wild that I think we should get him on the show. Do you think we could do that, Blake? Oh, I think, I think anything is impossible. Do you think we could, do you think he would talk Pontypool with us? Because he wrote Pontypool. No. He wrote, he wrote the book and the screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant is. Yeah. And the BBC uh, radio play. I didn't know there was a radio play. Did did you know that the, that the original movie was just supposed to be the, the radio waves, the whole movie? Well, okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I didn't know that it was going to just be that. That was like an like, early, early version. That's cool. I, when I when I explain it to people, I tell them it's it it has like a War of the Worlds vibe yeah. where it, you know, you're experiencing the thing happening out there just through this kind of central place where, where it's all being kind of filtered in. Um, and it's so effective in being, you know, a single location movie. Yeah. Like, um, and I almost, I mean, I almost feel like they should have, have the radio, uh, radio yeah. wave cut. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. I mean, I would buy it. I, I I'd would buy, buy a physical it. copy of that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like how we uh, how how we started the conversation talking about one movie, and now we're just like we're just like lamenting the fact that we can't talk more about Ponty Boys. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean I was gonna ask I was gonna ask before we left, like, are there movies that you watch every spooky season? Um, oh I think, yeah. I think Pontypool yeah. is like one of them for me. And then I mean, like, I always watch Halloween, the original Halloween. Okay. Always, always, always. Um, I usually try to watch the thing as well. Mm-hmm. So I need, I need, some, I need to some of that big Carpenter energy. Yeah. BCE. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's mo like the last few years. That's all I've been able to like. Really, the last couple of years, I've only been able to get Halloween watched. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, the thing is, I mean, 
going on a few years, probably my favorite movie, my mm. favorite horror movie. I can't, I can't, I, the, the, my favorite horror movie is such a hard category for me. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know overall favorite horror movie, but like favorite horror movie in the past 10 years for me is the wailing. Oh and, yes. And I yes, watch, please. I watch the wailing every year and I try to force everyone around me to watch the wailing. Oh man. So. You know what that means. If what? we ever do get the chance to record an episode in person, it's got to be the wailing. Yes, we will do that. And I, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll come. So I have family in Oklahoma. Um, I I always Oklahoma tell City, Blake. Right? Yeah, I always tell Blake this. So eventually. I will like my grandparents live in Oklahoma city. So eventually I will make it out to Oklahoma city right now. We're about to have a baby, probably a little bit of time before the baby is like ready to do a big drive or a flight, yeah. you know, but if we make it out to Oklahoma city, we'll have to plan some sort of in-person mm-hmm. podcast. We'll make it work. So and likewise, right. if you find yourself in California, you mm-hmm. have a place to stay here in Chico. Heck yeah. yeah. Well, is that all we have to say for this spooky season? I think so. I think, uh, yeah. So this is your, I hope you guys do a lot of tricking and this is your treat. That, Ooh. You know. This is your treat. For tricking. Yeah. Turning tricks, as I say. <laughs> They're illusions, Dad. <laughs> tricks are what <laughs> whores do. For money. Money. And candy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Arrested development. It had to be done. Had to be done. All right. Yeah. So I hope you all have uh, a good rest of your spooky season this is halloween right now i hope Mm -hmm. you're getting your your creep on um listen to some radiohead you know i'm even going to get this out halloween morning that way you Ah. have all day to experience it yeah yeah look you could be creeped out you can put on replay just listen to it all day i can't think of a worse fate (laughs) it's perfect well i hope you have a stabby 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 halloween everyone wait it looks like you're masturbating to a knife oh thank you thank you for (laughs) for saying that my my length is that good oh okay (laughs) All right, we gotta quit now. Stop. Bye. Bye.